the definitive guide to holiday-let success. From interviews with successful holiday homeowners and industry experts to useful and usable ideas, resources and discussion. Hello and welcome to the Holiday Let Success podcast. It's a real pleasure to be here today. My name is Elaine Watts and I'm your host as always. Now today I have a gentleman named Richard joining me. Richard is the Managing Director of Discovery Holiday Homes and co-founder of Rentivo.com, which is a technology supplier to the VR industry or the vacation rental industry. Richard Vorton is based in Devon in the UK and Discovery Holiday Homes is a holiday rental business operating internationally, but more recently with a focus on their home ground and a limited number of other key locations. Now, Discovery have accumulated many years experience, which is why I'm really excited to chat to Richard, in the marketing of self-catering apartments, houses, cottages, villas. And despite rapid changes that I'm constantly talking about going on in our industry and everything that we face, they have developed a personal service business that's rich in technology and is very much forward thinking. Richard, welcome to the show. How are you? Thanks, Elaine. Yes, thanks for the introduction. Um, I'm very well, thank you. Yes, even after a very uh, hard uh, weekend at the cold face of holiday rentals. <laughs> yes, it's a busy time of year. We're chatting in July of 2016, and it sounds like Torquay is a very, very busy area at the moment. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about you and your background. Whereabouts you're based? Uh, well, I'm in. Uh, I'm sitting in Torquay, speaking to you at the moment. Uh, we've been here for about uh, 20 years uh, when we moved down here. I am originally from this area as well, so I returned when my uh, my children were of an age where I thought they'd appreciate the seaside. Um, but it's been a uh, a long uh, a long path to get here. So. Uh, if you'd like a bit of a potted history, I can give you one of those. Yeah, go for it. Tell us. Okay, I don't know how long you've got, but uh, I'm actually a microbiologist by training. Wow. After uh, several years of that um, and living in Saudi Arabia for six and a half years, uh, I moved out of microbiology into international um, product and marketing uh, in the life sciences field. So I moved to Scotland for a year. And I went some training on a particular product range and then moved to Italy uh, and Switzerland where I lived and worked for a few years. That was followed by a move to Buckinghamshire for five years and then a move to Torbay. So in all that, uh, I don't know how many years that is, it sounds as though it's about 20. (laughs) I spent a lot of time uh, traveling throughout Europe, Middle East, Africa, India. Uh, on behalf of a life sciences business uh, and I eventually established a subsidiary of a Finnish public company uh, in the UK. Right. Which I left five years ago uh, to dive into what I thought was going to be a much easier industry, which was holiday rentals. And uh, the rest is, uh, <laughs> the rest has been very interesting because this industry has changed dramatically within that five-year period. Yeah, most definitely. So many changes, certainly over the five years previous to now. So you're a holiday homeowner yourself. Where, just, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Well, in the, in the middle of all that, in the year 2000, um, we purchased the residential property, uh, property market went up, we bought another one, and we ended up uh, with a large block of flats uh, with a holiday cottage attached. Uh, and it became fairly apparent very quickly that the holiday cottage was a a much better place to be. The guests left after a week. It wasn't that difficult to actually book it, provided you you had the right type of accommodation in the right place um, and you were on top of the game. So we sold the residential and started buying holiday properties, renovating them, uh, doing them up to a five-star standard and doing everything ourselves. so by 2006, um, we got a portfolio of seven properties that we actually did everything for. And I'm pretty sure your own homeowners who've been around for that long will have understood or certainly will understand that in those days, the market was very linear and relatively simple 
to to engage guests in bookings. You know, it was it was a they'll send you a check. Although credit cards and debit cards were were, were more were becoming more popular, you only had to do local marketing. People spoke to you on the phone. They did it in the daytime. They didn't do it at midnight. And there wasn't a, uh, a massive online presence, which was beginning to dominate the, the whole industry. Um, so in 2006, uh, I still had a job. I was still managing director of, a, of this Finnish company. Um, we decided to sell it all because uh, it was mainly me because I was still cleaning toilets on a Saturday as part of the team. Wow. Uh, I thought we thought, no, what we'll do. Is we'll uh, we'll sell it uh, and um, relax a little. And that then took us to the next stage of, of where we are and why I'm sitting here. Right. So really, you've been full circle and then started again from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that's again quite a lengthy story, but uh, and I'll I'll try and praise it. Went to Italy. I uh, used to live and work on Lake Como. Bought an apartment, met a chap who became our partner. We started a company called Lake Homer Homes with 10 properties. That business now has 800 contracted properties uh, on the northern Italian lakes. Um, we split our business just for various reasons about five years ago into two names. Uh, we still perform finance, marketing, web functions. He, uh, he has... Um, booking team, contracts owners, and does a lot of the on-the-ground hard work. Um, and in that period, we decided we would use our tool sets that we built, we've developed, to start a local portfolio here, because we were getting requests, and we still looked after a few properties for friends, and started building a local portfolio. So we have about 100 contracted properties within 15 miles of where I'm sitting right now. Right. right. And you then extended out to different areas around the world as well. Which other areas do you cover right now as part of Discovery Holiday Homes? Well, that's a very good question. Um, so when we when we started doing this, uh, we were doing Italy very successfully and it's still very successful. We started doing the UK and it was, bearing in mind this is five, six years ago, it was still, um, still, I'll say easy, but it was still very successful to get bookings. I have a history of other places due to my travels uh, in the life sciences industry. So we took on a portfolio with partners in Cyprus, for example, um, and we co-marketed there. We started taking on properties in other Mediterranean um, countries too. And we started taking on properties in, in other English-speaking destinations. I happen to like Canada, for example. Um, and we were relatively successful initially because um, there wasn't so much intensity uh, on search as there is these days. So we were, we were making more money out of using our tools and our marketing reach. And then about through two, three years ago, it became very, very evident that uh, everybody's going to need to focus very heavily on what they're doing in destinations. So we've pulled back from most of these places now uh, and are, are very focused on UK uh, and our, our Italian partnership. Right, that makes sense from from what you say and you've noticed and lived through the changes within the industry. So tell us about the service that Discoveries, we learn a little bit more about Discovery. Tell us about the service that they offer to holiday homeowners. Do you help holiday homeowners become a little bit more educated in how to provide a great service for guests? Do you market? Do you manage? How do you go about it? Well, I suppose you'd call us a, an almost full service management company. Most of our owners are essentially absent owners. So if you took the Italian portfolio, you can imagine an absent owner could be 10,000 miles away from, from the place they've purchased as a second home or a holiday home. In the UK, most owners are domestic, so they're within the UK borders. Um, so they're, they're easier to contact. But generally speaking, um, we do try to educate, um, but we are very, very hands-on. Uh, to the point where on many occasions we assist in the decor um, and work with 
subcontracted management teams on, on the repairs, the renovations and things like that. Um, I, I, I think the whole industry, uh, from an owner's perspective, needs a lot of education, mainly because everybody's up their game. Uh, there's a, a, a significant increase in inventory. So if, if you took, you know, some of the usual culprits like Home Away, for example, about four years ago, I think they had about 650,000, 700,000 properties on their books. They're up to about 1.35 million now. And that's an indicator of um, both greater distribution and uh, an increase in ownership of properties, and also owners uh, beginning to realize they need to adopt more aggressive marketing methods. So we're seeing a, a much bigger presence of uh, homes, not only around the world, but in the UK. I mean, we regularly see people asking us for um, requests for predicted incomes for buying a second home. So the baby boomer era, the, uh, the 55s to 65s, they're seriously looking at uh, purchasing properties for retirement, for secondary income, and some form of uh, stability against uh, low interest rates. So yeah. this, is, this is more pressure to anybody who owns a holiday home already because uh, everybody has to up their game to, to get m more bookings. There are more guests, definitely. More people are coming on holiday to uh, vacation rentals, as our American colleagues call them. But as a percentage, I would suspect there's more homes than the increase in, in holiday makers. Yeah, I would I would definitely agree with what you've said there. I, I think as well with the the advent of other big sites like Airbnb, that again is another way that I think the industry is really pushing people to do better as an owner. I think that the reviewing systems that are in place across various listing sites are, are doing the same thing. And we're almost competing more with hoteliers than we were previously. Of course, there was a form of competition, but now it's very much we're online as hotels are online. Would you agree with that? Well, I would. I'm, I'm pretty outspoken about all this. So um, you can find me online complaining bitterly for several years about these changes and how it affects us. Because it does actually affect us face-to-face uh, -face with a guest on, on the phone and whatever. I mean, you know, 10 years ago, um, all the bookings, well, 80% of bookings came between 9 o'clock in the morning and 5.30 in the evening as people were doing it from work and they were more organized. There's more of an expectation these days that because it's perceived more as a hotel industry, you know, 50% of all our bookings come after 6 o'clock at night. So between 6 and midnight, 50% of all bookings. And with that comes an expectation that not only do you have a front desk and a, a booking team available at all points in time, they, many of these new guests expect to be able to stay one night or two nights. I mean, three nights is, is becoming an acceptable number these days. But, and it's very hard to explain that, you know, Realistically, this is economically completely unsound uh, strategy for an owner to, or a manager to adopt. So we are seeing a big push into this by uh, hotel, um, OTA marketing companies. So your booking.com, your hotels.com, Airbnb, the sharing company who seems to have let from everybody, um, is also now in the in the full rental space. Yeah. yeah. So I believe 80% of their bookings now are, are for full rentals as opposed to shared spaces. So we're seeing new new people coming into the market to, to book, and I'm sure that's going to go up. But there's a lot of fragmentation and um, technology uh, misunderstanding by a lot of these companies as to how it can, can fit into this particular segment. Yeah, and I don't think there's actually going to be any any change from what we're seeing either. There's no real going back from from where we are now. The other thing which I think has taken a, a had a big impact is that everybody's got a smartphone and everybody is used to 
immediate response on everything. And that, like you say, bookings in the evenings, people expect immediate responses. And that's from a very emotional point of view when it comes to booking a holiday home, because people are putting everything into choosing a holiday. And there is a lot of emotion involved as well. So the immediacy, which is expected just by using a smartphone, is almost on most industries that people having used a smartphone come up against. Like, well, how, why haven't I got an immediate response? I'm used to getting everything immediately. Yes, and you're, you're absolutely correct. I mean, our statistics, um, I think uh, I posted it on smarthost.org, which is one of our, our forum sites. Um, our stats show, I think it was this year, mobile phones have overtaken um, tablets for search. So we're at about 50% uh, desktop, 50% tablet and mobile phones, with mobile phones over 26% and tablets down below 24, 23%. Yeah, yeah amazing. Amazing. huge changes, definitely. Yeah, there's um, a, few, a few issues there, though. That's, that statistics don't always tell you everything. This year, we've seen much, much bigger bookings at the beginning of the year than we have for many years. And most of those have been done on desktop. It's, it's, it tends to be the last minute people who are using their mobile phones. Interesting. We are seeing. And they don't go mobile phone to email, they go mobile phone to click the button to make a phone call. So the phone, the phone is becoming, I think, as important as any other media right now. And if you don't answer the phone, you do lose a booking because they expect to be able to book within minutes. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. And that, that's that's definitely a symptom of the, the iPhones as well. Uh, the iPhones, the smartphones and the tablets and the handheld devices. Yeah, that makes total sense. So tell us a little bit about the other side of discovery and what discovery helps owners offer to guests. And to what point you, do you take care of the guest or Okay. Would you say that's complete as part of the, the, the point that you actually offer to holiday homeowners too, in that it's complete education, marketing, management, that sort of flows through and you look after the guests completely as well? Um, well, there's, there's a couple of things here. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to share with you uh, one of our presentations we made to all our owners uh, in February, which is uh, very lengthy actually, but is, it hopes to educate our owners in terms of where the market is, how to improve their opportunity for bookings, etc. So there's an education going on, but we are relied upon to, to bring the bookings. So we do have sets of uh, agreed pricing, sets of rules for short breaks, pets, all this sort of, um, all these sorts of things. And our interaction with owners tends to be when the new market comes in and says, well, I've got an extra dog, I, I only want uh, two and a half nights <laughs> fitting this gap, can you do this, can I get that, da da da. So, and that's when we have a communication with the owner. We, we, we like to have a dialogue with them because there's nothing worse than putting guests into an owner's property that don't fit their personal requirements. So dictating to an owner is not our is not our policy. We try to fit everything around an owner's wishes with advice from ourselves, of course, is the best way of making bookings that fit their personal criteria. Some, right. owners, some owners will want 365 days of the year booked, and some will only want six weeks booked. So there's a mix and match in, in all these things. There's no, no written rules. Um, I think very large companies have to have much more written rules because you can't be as personal about 5,000 properties. But yeah. locally here, we can be very personal about 100 properties with 100 owners and, and, and we try very hard to work very closely with them to make sure that everything is, is spot on. So, yeah, I'll, I'll reiterate again that everybody really, as an owner, really does need to ensure the repairs the renovations are up to scratch and the market's changing like five years ago the uh, the clean white space uh, you know glass everywhere has gone everybody now wants something which is homely beautiful comfy you know um, 
has a, a log burner, this type of a, approach, back to more of the cottagey style type accommodation. Yeah. Or, you know, so even that's changing. The contemporary look, certainly in the traditional areas, has, has moved on, we think, and we see much more bookings in the, in the traditional but comfy but well-decorated, uh, beautifully presented uh, spaces. Very interesting. So what sort of aftercare do guests get and how important is this type of follow-up? And something to add to this question, which goes back to what we were saying a few moments ago about the length of bookings and where bookings come from. In that follow-up, do you think that you can influence the length of the bookings by offering, say, discounts for longer stays as part of this follow-up to guests who've already stayed with you for, say, next year when they might want to come back again? Yeah, I think the answer is yes, 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 no, no, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of questions in there. Um, first of all, it, it's a changing market. So everybody has to accept that more and more people are asking for shorter breaks. Uh, we see multi-destination breaks now. People will come to Devon, they'll go to Cornwall, they'll go to Lake Como, they'll go to Lake Majority, they'll go to Lake Lugano, they go to Milan, for example. They will do multi-destination breaks, which means they're not going to spend a week. So 20 years ago, it was always a week. Our average uh, is still six days, interesting. Well, just under six days, I think, 5.8 days. <laughs> uh, but we have seen an increased request for the short the short break element. What you just said about offering a discount for extended stays, it's not as popular here as it is in Canada, which you know I've come across this quite recently because we our technology company supports some Canadian businesses. This is something that's been there for a long time. They will offer extended discount, bigger discounts for extended stays even discounting further the longer the stay. So that's something that, that we're looking at actually for next year because we would like people to stay longer. The problem, and it's always a problem in the United Kingdom in traditional holiday areas, is the, is the changeover days. So, you know, we're still trapped within the Friday, Saturday changeover days, maybe Sundays, because a lot of people use management teams, which are contracted, and they need to employ these people in peak season because they don't employ them out of peak season because there's not enough work. You might have 100% occupancy in August and only 22% occupancy in November. So these are, you know, um, contracted workers, and, and they need to have um, very well-defined cleaning schedules. So to constantly bolt in a Thursday, a Friday, a Saturday, a Monday, a Tuesday turnaround times is, is a very, very difficult thing to do. So extended stays are also quite difficult depending on how, we, how your management works. But it is something we're looking at because it is adopted in other parts of the world quite readily, actually. Yeah, it makes sense. So the whole marketing structure and the opportunity for stays, I think, needs to be much more flexible. The, the OTAs and the uh, the online booking sites, all thousands of them that are appearing, would love that too, because flexibility for the guest, because they're only really interested in the guest. They're not too interested in the inventory as long as they've got enough of it and it's quality. Is is what they they want to happen? Except we're trapped by the economics and the actual management capacity at certain times of the year. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And you can add technology to that too. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And as part of the management side of things, but let's look at technology right now because I've very much noticed you're a very forward thinking business and you're actively embracing incredible technologies. And there are lots available to us as individual holiday homeowners. And because you're so on point from a technology point of view, that's led you on to becoming one of the founders of Rontivo.com. So tell us a little bit about Rontivo. What technology does it provide to owners? Is it actually accessible as an individual owner or is it more geared towards agencies like yourself? No, we love everybody. 
<laughs> That's good to hear. <laughs> Actually, let's, let's just step back one, one bit. I mean, I, I know lots of individual owners who market their own properties. And I actually own websites on which they market these properties um, as well to assist them. It, it's good for me because I understand more about the, the, the marketing as well. But a lot of these owners who've been uh, in the market for 15, 20 years, uh, who, who have these second homes and have their retirement homes and their, their love, uh, become beginning to struggle a lot because there's this uh, massive jigsaw puzzle about how to market your property and how to adopt all the new rules. They don't have enough time, they're not used to answering the phone at 10 o'clock at night, they, they can't do data distribution or synchronizations of calendars, they may not even have online payment systems, they don't understand that unless you answer within the hour, you stand a 60% less chance of getting a booking. Uh, so we've actually been introduced, or I've had a lot of owners contact me saying, listen, we're really struggling, we still want to do this ourselves, but we'd like you to help us if, if that's okay with you as a management company. And we're actually very open to this because uh, we have slightly different commission rules and slightly different rules on how it works and the management of the properties. But it does help them and it helps us as well. You know, and we have very good relationships with these particular owners. And that kind of brings it into the technology arena because they then have to coordinate, they have to synchronize with our calendars and pricing structures and everything as well. So um, that's just a little bit of, of the change that, that I've seen within the last few years. But as a, a manager um, who's runs an online portfolio essentially of a thousand properties in real time, everyone bookable online, and has booking teams behind them in Italy and the UK and everywhere, technology is, is, without it, we would be dead in the water. So we invested a lot in our own systems. Uh, about three and a half years ago, um, I, I could see that this was going to become even more of a headache for us, and it's going to become a headache for everybody. So uh, I joined forces with uh, uh, my current CTO of Rentivo, um, Chris Atkinson, who's very experienced in uh, all things online uh, and ran a very successful online gaming business, um, not gambling, but the games business. Um, and we got together and had a big discussion about this and said we'd love to, I would love um, to invest in a business that created tool sets to help us as, as a manager, of course, but also to help the industry at, at large compete um, with the, what is coming. And what was coming was pretty obvious three years ago. We were going to become dominated by um, listing site conversions to transactional sites. So yeah, you have to admire them for it. It was a very smart move from a uh, shareholder and um, investor perspective, but it, it has caused absolute chaos in the, uh, the rental industry. Um, so it's caused chaos in marketing terms, but caused chaos in uh, technology terms too. So Rentio was founded to create a raft of tools that would allow managers and owners to increase their marketing mix, to allow them to be creative with their distribution, their remarketing, open them up to simple payment solutions, um, and essentially uh, assist in is what is a complex vacation rental market. Right, so it allows an individual to have access to a series of key technologies they might have to find from lots of different locations but all in one place and you already know they all work together because it's geared that way is is that fair no that's fair we uh we have partnerships where we uh, run uh, web front ends for other pms systems we uh, run the uh, web front ends for click billers and uh, vr easy all right okay we have our own uh, managers and owners using our web builder system and payment solutions uh, and we have a finance management system um, in, uh, in test right now 
which has some automations attached to it, which benefit both us and our and our partners. Right. That's really exciting. It sounds so tailored that it seems like a really good thing for people to be having a look at, especially people who have maybe not had or rather have felt a little bit unsure how to take steps forward in marketing their own properties in that it it almost gives them everything they need in one spot and they're, they're less worried about actually taking on some of the burden of the marketing of of their own place well that yes that that said it, it, it this whole market changes daily yeah we're we're involved with uh, channel managers we're involved with uh, groups of managers and things like uh, avroa who have uh, six or seven hundred owners and, and many managers on board now and we provide uh, the tools to allow these companies to consolidate together as well i i have to say I actually read an awful lot about uh, independence in the market and we would all dearly love to be independent. You know, we strive very hard to, to have direct marketing, to do follow-ups with uh, guests, to use social media and many other, many other bits of technology to, to give us direct bookings and direct contact. But the OTAs that you know, I also complain about in certain certain cases are not going to go away. Um, and I think everybody has to be very smart in how they use these particular sites to their best advantage. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense. And just uh, touching on what you mentioned there about Avroa, that's the Association of Vacation Rental Operators and Affiliates who... Uh, we, I've actually interviewed Rod Fitz from Avroa quite recently and he introduced me to you. So thank you to Rod and Rod's episode will be live soon. So you can learn all about Avroa in the near future. And that will give you opportunity to, to see Richard's Rentivo technology running in the background as you delve into Avroa. So how did you get involved with uh, Rod Fitz over at, at Avroa? Was it purely from the technology side? You know, it's a it's a really good question. I, I I really love Rod. He's a very passionate man, and his heart's in exactly the right place for for what he's doing. Um, you know, I can't actually remember. I've spoken to Rod so many times. I think it was uh, I think it was a meeting of minds at some point. But I we looked at the technology he was using uh, and his ambition, um, and I just love the um, the goal. Uh, that is to is to create a, a global association of like-minded individuals that, that assists owners and managers. But uh, he had a listing uh, element to it and a marketing element to it, and uh, it was not suitable for where he was going. So we offered to support him uh, using Rentivo. Uh, Excellent. And we decided that, good Lord, I don't know, 14, 15 months ago, uh, Quite a lot of torture, as I'm sure Rob will say up front. It's becoming easier, and um, we're now moving into um, academy-type education online within Avroa for, for everybody to, to take advantage of as well. Yeah, yeah, that's very exciting. It's something Rod talks about in the, the episode, which we'll release very, very soon too. It's very exciting. And really, what we've just talked about with Avroa, it, it follows on from what you just said in that it's quite difficult to become completely away from all the listing sites. And actually, there could be a very good argument to be better together in certain ways. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely in favour of better together everywhere. I mean, I've seen it work and it actually works for us because we do share inventory dynamically with other companies uh, and we both benefit from that. Yeah. Um, I, th I think it, 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 it's a good way to go. I, I hear, I mean, I read a lot online and I publish a fair amount, but there's a lot of commentary about build your own brand. And building your own brand is a great idea, but a, a brand is a fairly difficult thing to establish on a large scale. So Airbnb is a big brand, Hoverway is a big brand, VRBO is a big brand, TripAdvisor, Holiday Lettings, Neumba, all these have been very large brands. They've been very large brands because they've actually consolidated inventory and customer experience. So I, I think of owners 
and managers opened their minds possibly a little more to collaboration, they would find that they would have much more opportunity. Yeah, makes sense. So with what we've just said there, where would you say it is key for owners to focus their, <laughs> their marketing efforts? Is it the big listing sites or should we be really looking to build our own websites, SEO, Google advertising, social media, what, what should it, or email marketing, I always think is a really, really key point of a business yeah. or some sort of combination of all of the above. Yeah, you're, I mean, everybody is looking for the eureka moment. Of course. The goose that laid the golden egg. And, you know, in reality, there isn't one. What is really apparent is that everybody has to, uh, A, be more educated, uh, work much harder, accept that their, their time, they're going to have to spend much more time on this, and as an owner, you're going to have to work outside of the normal boundaries of working hours. Um, but I would say it, it depends as well. So it depends where your property is. City destinations and traditional regional destinations are poles apart when it actually comes to marketing and the ability to manage them and cost infrastructures. I would dearly love to have an apartment near a major tube station in London. Okay. <laughs> yes. I know I can get enough staff to manage it very quickly. And I also know that I could market it with an uplift on prices on the OTAs, for example, and book it without any trouble at all, because people will pay the extra money. You don't have to tell them where the tube station is. All the local information is freely available to them. When you come to a traditional seaside destination or even unknown ski resorts and things, you start to you start to suffer more because the places are not as well known. Uh, so you have to start thinking much more strategically about where your accommodation is, how you're going to market it in that location. And also, you might have to step outside and say exactly, I've got a lovely cottage. Actually, so have 9,000 other people in this area. But what is it about your cottage that makes a difference? A lot of people, to give you a perfect example, a lot of people will not accept pets. Okay, I've never seen a pet break a table or a window, you know, or, or trash a lounge. Um, but so many more people have pets with them. I'm sure kennels will be out of uh, will be out of a job fairly soon because people don't want to travel without their pets these days. So we see people who accept pets, and they get higher occupancy and much faster bookings because everybody's got a small dog these days. They've actually got three small dogs, which, which is taking it a bit far. <laughs> but you know, then there's, there's a speciality stuff. You know, I, I see people offering free hampers, you know, even people searching for free hampers you know, free cream teas and, and all these things that will add a little bit to your long tail, tail key seat search words. But if you ask the question, you must have your own website. If you look at the statistics, if you use an OTA, and I met a B&B owner recently who, who sums it up perfectly for me. He said, I really, really don't like using these OTAs, but I use them. But I use them like a dating site. He said, once I've got the date, I don't go back to the dating site to talk to them again. They, they constantly remarket. And remarketing means that you, you might get the guests back, but if you do it creatively, you can extend to their social network. And if you do that, you can then reflect the, the traffic back to your own website. So your own, anybody who doesn't have their own website, is asking for trouble as far as, as far as I'm concerned, because if it only creates 30% of your own bookings, it's going to give you 70% more margin. You know, it's and then you then you've got a whole new raft of questions about how do you create your website, photography, content, marketing, etc. Elaine, um, there's no simple answer to this. No, it's it's a big thing, isn't it? You have to pick your your focus your destination local marketing i find works quite well 
you know, picking up local websites, local associations and things as well. They feed in a little bit of traffic and they feed in they feed in more information. Unique stays, things like this. We have beach chats on our books. Really? Uh, star beach chats, and they are booked 250 days of the year. And they're booked, they can be booked by the night too. But they book because they're an experience. People come from anniversaries, honeymoons, um, birthdays, you know, 60th birthdays, this sort of thing for one night. Um, and that's another part of this ecosystem that we see. So I think the answer is study what, what you've got, where you are, how you can improve it and work from the ground up. Uh, I'm pretty sure nearly everybody will be looking at using OTAs, listing sites. I still love inquiry listing sites if you can find them. HomeAway still allow you to list. You don't have to go on the commission. But then, at that point, you need to look at how many are listed in your local area, I think. So, you know, if you went to Disney, there's probably 4,000 properties in Disney. The ones who'd actually pay for a listing, as opposed to a commissionable booking or something they can take a guest service fee off, are probably going to be fairly well down the list, unless they've got 1,000 reviews. Yeah. If you're in a place, if you're in a particular town that's only got 50 properties, and the occupancy is 80% all year, pay you 219, £249 and, and just get a listing to take the inquiries. Just make sure you've got great photographs, good pricing, competitive and everything uh, to, to attract the eye. Yeah, yeah, very much so. It's, it's like the window to our shop, isn't it, in effect, those photos? I always think they are so key. Yeah, they are key. Yeah, but you, you may have noticed um, on some of the sites, HomeAway, for example, the, the, they've now gone for sliding photos uh, on the listings, which is almost certainly targeted at, at mobile phones, I guess. So you're, you're driven to flash through small photos before you make a decision to click on a property. So, so again, this is affecting everything that we do. Yeah, there's so many changes everywhere we look, and we've touched on so many different places within the industry, within marketing, across technology that have affected holiday homeowners, especially people who've been doing it for a long time and they've been through all of those changes. It's it's almost easier starting now because you've got you just start with what there is. Whereas if you've been used to a different system for a very long period of time, getting your head around how different things are and still running that same business is almost more difficult in a way. Yeah, and, and you're absolutely correct. We see lots of Airbnb people. Um, this is kind of a, a, a city trend, I think. We see lots and lots of individuals who've done an Airbnb on their own apartment, and they think this is actually this is quite easy. I've made a bit of money. I'll do it for my friends, uh, and and then it tends to snowball. They might end up with ten properties, and then twenty properties, and then all of a sudden, the issues appear because all of a sudden they've got to photograph the properties, they've got to manage the properties, and there's a lot of properties. So although you might have done well with one, it's, it's, I would say it's logarithmically difficult to do the same for 20. You have to start stepping into synchronizations, and you have to step into um, inquiry management systems to, to, to manage all these things. So even the new people who start up, they, they then, as they grow, it's managers, they start looking sideways. But also the individual managers, uh, the individual owners, sometimes look at it and say, well, actually the guest's just been charged an extra 9%. And they've taken between 3 and 5% off me. So that's 14% I could get myself. 14% on a £1,000 booking is £140. It's well worth my while starting to look at doing my own marketing. So, you know, this, this is a, a continual trend. Um, and obviously the big sites don't like leakage or leachage. So I'm pretty sure we're gonna see more distance made between the guests and ourselves. Yeah, very interesting. We could talk about this for such a long time because there are so many elements to it. But where do you think the future of the, the holiday let or vacation rental industry is headed? Personally, uh, I, I think um, 
I think I'd have to polarize that again into, into destinations. I think city destinations will see um, a, a continual uptake by the OTAs. And managers, traditional managers, will suffer more because they will be competing on a major scale. Uh, and owners can easily enter that market by using the OTAs. It, it, it's such a volume market. Uh, you, you'd have to be in there with them, I think. In the regional destinations, it's much harder for the OTAs to, to, to adopt the rules that we all apply. Um, and there are lots more questions. So I think they will, the OTAs will come into this space and they will adapt their technologies to, to allow more flexibility within their own systems, which will attract more owners uh, and managers to them. But I, I still don't think they will um, create a dominant environment um, in, the, in these regional destinations. So I think you will see more managers like ourselves who are closer to owners and closer to understanding their needs and the love and the contact on a personal level taking on more inventory. So it will be either shared or contracted, completely contracted. So companies like rented.com in, in the US who join managers with owners I think is a, is a concept we might well see over here in the not too distant future. And, and that's an increasing market. Um, in terms of uh, managers, I think we'll see consolidation within more managers too. So there's a lot of money being invested right now in, in taking on managers. So if you took something like the Wyndham Group, who have I think 10,000 properties, they have you know, they're buying small companies. Sykes buys companies. Holiday Cottages buys companies. Uh, and they are consolidating a lot of the pain, so in terms of the data distribution, finance management and things. But they're still also managing, maintaining local offices. So I think in regionals, you'll see more managers, but with regional offices uh, and owners either working with them or handing over their properties if it becomes too difficult for them. In cities, it's going to become more like hotels. Yeah, very interesting to hear your insights into where it looks like things are heading because you've clearly been in the industry for a long period of time. You've done every single element of the industry right down to building technologies to, to help it run into the future. So thank you for that. And thank you for spending time with me today. Now, before we go, do you have a, a guiding philosophy or principle that you think would help holiday homeowners in today's market? <laughs> guiding principle. You know, I, I made a presentation last year and somebody asked me, how I was going to uh, how I was going to address all the issues in the industry, and I said I'm going to sell the business. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said that because uh, I realised that it's going to take a lot more work. So I think that the simple answer as a guiding philosophy would be if if you're not involved uh, in an educational aspect, everybody needs to start becoming involved. Because it, it will open eyes that uh, maybe have been, um, I won't say shut, but have not been opened as, uh, as wide as it should be. Uh, because there have been so many changes. So I, I would say education in terms of what's happening in the market, number one. Uh, and number two, everybody has to up their game, both with their properties uh, and how flexible they are if they want to maximize the bookings. Uh, but also in, in presentation, marketing, uh, response times, etc. Brilliant. Okay, well, I would really appreciate that. And it's good to, to get resources from someone who's very, very... One, one word of warning on tech for everybody is uh, tech is smoke and mirrors. Um, and I'm, I'm, we're really, really conscious that if you build a business... Like, like we built a business and other managers and individual owners have built their own business, they run the business in a particular way. And once you've started running a business in a particular way, it's very difficult to change it 
because somebody's given you technology which says you must do it this way. And that's, that's one of the, the fallover points in technology. So if you're going to adopt technology, get on the phone to them, ask them all the questions and write down your processes before you start and what your future expectations of the processes will be. Because they're, they're, there's a lot of confusion out there. Um, uh, you, know, you really do need to isolate before you do anything, exactly what you do and where you're going. <laughs> no, that that's great uh, pieces of information there, insight. You're you're absolutely right in that, you know, technology does actually have to match with what you are doing, where you are trying to go, rather than just taking hold of the latest technology that's been um, recommended. Because there are so many different ones out there, and there are so many different that that offer offer different elements and different functions and it, and it is a case although it's a, a task it is a case of seeing what fits with you and your business and and how it how it can actually make sure that it's an addition which is going to be useful rather than a hindrance and i think uh, you could end up spending a lot of money on something which is not helping or actually making life more difficult if you're not very careful when getting into technology in this industry yeah you hit the nail on the head there and it doesn't have to be terribly expensive. No. Uh, and and I've got one member of our team who's always quoting me, uh, no metrics, no marketing. Um, and he's absolutely correct. Not only do you need all this uh, education and some technology and to understand these things, you need to monitor the success rates of what you're doing. Yeah. So metrics analytics, some way of monitoring your success, otherwise you, you can be wasting your money again. Yeah, not only that, wasting your time and chasing your tail and just getting very stressed out. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it all it all links in. Well, thank you, Richard. It's been a real pleasure to meet you, to learn all about how you got going in the industry and you're just to take on board and share some of the, the vast knowledge that you've got. So I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. Um, and now it's back to the cold face. <laughs> yeah, back to it. <laughs> well, enjoy your day. Thank you, Richard, and bye for now. Okay, bye bye.